our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to another episode of the Straighty Cast. This week I'm joined by the same panel, Dan, Johnny and Mike. How are you, lads? Not too bad. Thanks. Uh, very good, thanks. This week we're going to review the, the game against Villa. We'll try at the back of our minds with the review of Bruges as well. <clears throat> Talk about Rooney's, I suppose, lack of form. Um, Louis now and Pedro and reviewing the game against Newcastle. <coughs> so get the ball rolling, Dan. Tell us about that Villa game, the one nil win, another one nil win in the league. Um, it was a, uh, it was really boring if I remember rightly. But um, it, it genuinely, you know, like early on, it really is a win. A win is a win, and um, you know, I, I, I'm glad that Yanazai got off the uh, got off the mark for this season because um, when he was put into the team, obviously a lot of people thought that it was a bad idea and t- taken out. Young against his old club, and maybe you know Young would have been inspired against Villa. But um, I, I really like Adnan, and um, I was really glad to see him get off the mark. Uh, Rooney was awful, if I remember correctly, and um, but that, yeah. that, that could describe any any game uh, this season. <laughs> but, um, I think the best rating he had that I saw was four out of ten. That was the best rating he got. Yeah, he, he was he was particularly terrible on Friday night. Um, he just his first touch was terrible. He's just, he was just giving the ball away all the time. Um, and uh, if I remember rightly, Memphis was quite a you know he, he was he was industrious. I suppose is the right word. And obviously he missed that one chance as well that you know he really should have scored. But yeah. um, you know luckily it didn't it didn't matter in the end. And I'm just really glad that we came away from 
what I thought was going to be a really difficult game with a with a relatively comfortable one 0 win. I think someone's supposed to jump in here, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Where's Dale gone? Obviously, we'll just we'll just march on for forgotten. Um, uh, that was a that was a pretty good blag from uh, from Dan from a game that none of us could actually remember as we were discussing <laughs> before we came on the air. It was I I I would like the game to be on some sort of when you go on one of those sort of really rubbish um, kind of drug trips at an after party or something. You sort of you sit there and you inhale the whole thing and you don't really remember any of it at the end. That was kind of what that game was like. Um, Yana's eye was a bright spot. I do agree with Dan on that in the first half until we stopped giving him the ball in the second half and he got taken off. Um, yeah. I, you know, I thought we dealt with their aerial threat very well. I was a little concerned when Rudy Gostede came on after I remember the torrid time Spalding had with um, with Ben Teke last yeah. time out. So that was a bit of a concern. But other than that, we weren't really troubled to be honest. It was just a, a god awful game of football, and, and frankly, one I hope to never ever see again. Back now, lads. The, the mic had stopped working on me. Um, yeah. The agent strikes again. <laughs> Last week, um, the agent strikes again for sure. What I was going to ask was um, Johnny. Obviously, the goal was yep. set up. Yanazai's goal was set up by um, Mata. Uh, yeah. An incredible through ball, even to to watch, to even read that run coming through. And there's also another through ball to to Memphis that he squandered. Mata on the right. We discussed that recently in the podcast and yeah. he should be playing obviously behind the, the main man up front or as in a, a number 10 yeah. and he doesn't appear to be getting that chance but can you see him getting used to this kind of right midfield kind of role and coming in and, and you know the goal for the Yanis I set up came from the, on the left yeah I mean it, it works and it's, it's a strange one to describe because he's never going to be your traditional winger but even as a winger that plays in the middle, he's still better than the idea of Valencia being out there. And um, he just he seems to find a way that, like you say, he'll look out wide, and if there's anything to play, he'll do it. But if there isn't, he'll come in, he'll have that look up, and like we say, the through ball for Adnan. That's what makes him unique. There's nobody else that's going to see that, let alone deliver it once they've seen it. And the fact that he just did it and made it look so effortless, truly beautiful. And then, like you say, the one for Memphis that he managed to put a foot wide, just as good. So, I think Matter's sort of one of these players who, when you're as talented as he is, they can put you anywhere on the pitch and you will have an impact on the game wherever you're starting from. It works for the team as well. I mean, that, that just yeah. before he played that password. Uh, Memphis. I love the way he picked the pocket that Villa player who was dallying on the ball. Yeah. He spotted that straight away, nicked the yeah. ball away from him and played in the ball. It was brilliant. Defensively, we've looked quite solid in the lead too, and I'm not too sure it's due to personnel. Obviously, in fullback, we've mm-hmm. Shaw and Darmain doing extremely well. We've Chris Smallin, who looks like a vastly improved defender. Um, beside him, there's lots of talk about Daley Blind and how we're going to be absolutely slaughtered by big strikers such as Kane and and Benteke and, and so on. But that's not been the case, you know. We look a lot more organised. So do you still think, Dan, that we need to go out and spend a fork load on a centre-half when we still have Rowe coming in? We still have Jones coming back from injury, Mike's favourite. Um, 
Do we need to keep spending, or are you happy with the way we Johnny Evans is my favourite. Johnny Evans, sorry, <laughs> forgot, forgot about Johnny. Um, I, I'd be I'd be really happy with um, I mean you mentioned five there, and I'd be pretty happy if all five of them were kept fit. But the problem is obviously Evans mm. and Jones, as good as they can be when they're um, on form, they they they're just so rarely fit that it's really I mean like I I basically forgot that Johnny Evans existed the other day and um, you know like Marcus Rocco is he, he played really well at the start of last season and then I don't know what happened he just sort of I, I, I don't know whether I was just less impressed by his performances because I came to expect it maybe but um, yeah like uh, I, I do still think that we could really do with someone um, to play at the black uh, at the back alongside Smalling, Blink, you know, I mean, he's being good in these three Arguably man games. the match against Villa. Sorry? Yeah. Arguably man the match against Villa, Dirty Blind. Yeah, yeah, I, I was pretty impressed with him, but I don't know, I mean, maybe it's worth Van Gaal keeping him in there until um, January, seeing whether this form continues, and if it does, obviously, he won't have to go out and get anyone, but it's about availability, really, for defenders, and... Um, Otamendi was available, and obviously now he's gone to City. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think he, he probably should have tried to break the bank for Otamendi, but yeah. I don't really see many others available at the moment. So I can see why he'd be happy at the moment with what he's got. The one thing as well when you have centre-back pairings, it's a matter of having a partnership and a, a solid combination. You can bring in Otamendi. You can bring in Sergio Ramos. Um, and it doesn't mean the players, defenders you already have are going to work with them. You know, that's the one thing I've, I've seen about Small and Blind, they, they haven't played it alongside each other for often, but there seems to be a, a, a strong understanding. And that's why we look so organised. Um, like before it was, it was proposed that we're going to see Blind at centre-back, I was kind of thinking, well, this is a recipe for disaster. It sounds like what you're trying to do is kind of have to kind of mash ground or kind of centre-back. That's yeah. a, that, that is a midfield. Yeah. But then I was thinking, well, Blind isn't half the player Mascherano is, so I can't see it working. But so far, so good. Mike, you, you wrote a piece on, on Jones um, recently, and not his biggest fan. <laughs> Why have you met a Blind? Uh, I think he's been okay. Um, I, I take Dan's point, and you look out there, that there's not many centre-halves out there, and I'd rather we stuck with what we had than go and spend over the odds for somebody isn't that good I was a little baffled actually by City signing Otamendi because Mangala looked really good for them in that first two games with company um, I, I think Mangala suffered a lot because all the other big players last season were so woefully out of form for them yeah. so I, I'm not sure whether that's going to just disrupt things or they just don't trust company to stay fit um, but as far as our interest in Otamendi which was non-existent there's obviously a reason we didn't want him we'd have made a bid for him I, I I said this before we went on the air, I've said it many other times before, if we wanted Otamendi, we would have already signed him. Uh, Van Albert told him, well, just go get him, because he would have been receptive, he was receptive to coming, there was no question about that, but we we never made a bid, we weren't interested, so I'm quite happy to stick with what we've got for now. I think a point that was made on here last week that you said, Dale, is that they have a strong midfield in front of them, and actually having two good full-backs as well, that will also help tremendously. 
Um, and Romero, there was one or two moments he's had tough up, but he looks okay actually. He looks pretty steady in goal. And I'm you happy with Romero? Happy for Stenner. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, considering he's he's been there for two weeks, he's doing all right. <laughs> it's just move. Actually, we can move on to to the Bruges game because obviously we were reviewing two games and he we're going through each performer as well. And Romero was one in the Bruges game that I had to keep checking my pants and I shit myself. Every yeah. time the ball was passed back to him, he looks like someone that's going to just crumble. He doesn't look one bit confident. Um, and with the one of the passbacks that was a free given out, and they actually scored, I was disallowed. I was thinking that actually should have been a goal. I didn't see much wrong with what the what the striker had done. Yeah, he stood in his foot, but he had every right to go for the ball. And the reason we were put under pressure, I, I'm not going to blame the back pass at all. I think it was from Matter or from Schneidlin or someone. But the positional sense of the goalkeeper, he just looks too lax. He looks like he doesn't know what he's doing back there. Um, no. And he's an area for concern for me. You know, we, we see Victor Valdez there falling out with, with Van Hal in the summer. And he, sh- he should be our number one, I think. But that's all yeah. only has himself to blame for that, as he offered his own downfall. Listen, like I said, Romero's been there for two weeks. He's not in a pre-season with us. You've got to give that a bit of time. Mm. Um, I still think my prediction of De Gea not going is, is still... Is still, stead- is still going to be proved right. I can't see us letting him go, especially now. We just need to be more entrenched than ever about keeping him. So, we'll, we'll see what happens when the transfer window closes and he's still here. The Bruges game, Johnny, was a bit more, um, a bit better. Yeah. It looked at times it looked a bit like United vintage United, you know, attacking. Yeah. At times a bit more flair, a bit more zip. But we were playing against an awful, awful side. Very true. Um. I think it was just one of those games that, when you looked at Memphis against Villa, it was everything about sort of trying too hard at everything and nothing came off as a result. And because it came off so early against Bruce, you could just see sort of his own weight lift off his shoulders and as soon as he kicked into gear, the rest of the side just seemed to follow suit and it just seemed to click and there was sort of an actual attacking option again we look like we could run at people we look like if we hit passes we had the pace to get in behind all the stuff that had been lacking in the two games prior to so like you say it is an absolute league two side that we've beaten but the fact that we're beaten with a bit of flair rather than clinging on is uh, a nice little boost before Newcastle speaking of Memphis Dan there's a lot of pressure on a youngster you know he's come in he stories claim he's he demanded the number seven shirt. He's he, you know he's he's no shortage of confidence. He has it in abundance. But you know as Johnny said, there's a, a bit of a weight lifted off him, and you could see by him, you know he he's willing to shoot from distance. He's a risk taker. And I read a piece in four four two for a season starter preview, and they were talking about Angel Di Maria, and how Memphis can learn from him. That his <coughs> two more risk players were very very different. Di Maria obviously creates goals and risking through balls and crosses and stuff and last season yeah. they were awful whereas Memphis is a player that was willing to shoot from distance sometimes you're thinking you're mad shooting from there but some of his efforts were quite impressive yeah yeah I, I really like Memphis I think he's um, I think he's great um, I wrote in the Republican Mancini season preview and I said that um, I thought that he was uh, I, I just really thought that um he was going to prove himself straight away, much like um, Azad when he originally came um, yeah. here. And 
like in in the first season he wasn't obviously you know the kind of player that he is now but I do see like uh, Memphis you know two or three years down the line being of that kind of caliber where he's in that sort of second tier of um, you know ridiculously good players behind the first tier of Ronaldo and Messi and um, I can really see him see him being up there soon which is great because I mean we we paid what for him 20, 22 million or something like that mm. um, so I think we got a real player on our hands and um yeah like like Johnny said he he, he did sort of um you know the, the confidence did flow once he scored the first goal and I, di- I did notice maybe he got a little bit snatchy with a couple of chances in the second half maybe because you know he did have the sort of hat trick thing over him yeah. at the time but um you know that's that's to be expected really I mean he's 21 is he so um you know he's he's gonna have to deal with that but I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll be all right Mike, a lot of people are talking about who's going to be the, the biggest transfer of the, the summer. You know, Jamie Redknapp's had his view and he thinks the Morgan Schneiderlin will be. A lot of people are getting excited over Memphis Depay. Darmain's been excellent. Um, we haven't seen too much of Schweinsteiger yet because he hasn't started any games. But he looks like a leader already. Who's been the most impressive signing for you in the first three games? Uh, Darmian. I'd say the way he just dropped straight in and he yeah. even did that classic Italian thing of pulling an opposition play shirt in our own box and not getting caught against Villa last week so I'm all that for that that was just beautiful yeah it was brilliant beautiful. apparently he told uh, Mick Richards that he was soft or something yeah <laughs> <laughs> I that love is that exactly what you want of an Italian defender isn't it to spend his entire time winding up the opposition in his yeah. first press conference he could barely speak English but I love the fact he's already grasped it to call Mika Richards you're fucking soft <laughs> I, I, I remember um, the great Fabio Cannavaro in the Champions League game when uh, Newcastle where Bobby Robson was the manager and he wound up Craig Bellamy so much that Craig Bellamy got sent off in the first 15 minutes of the game yeah. um, That that was that's how it's an art form over there and it's still something they're practising you look at those Juventus defenders guys like Bonucci and um, yeah. and Chiellini they do it all the time uh, that Lichstein they have to win back he's not Italian but he's played there for years he's another one he does it all the time remember against Celtic he must have Guilty about 30 fouls in his own box, he never got caught. Yeah, I remember watching that and just thinking, this is surreal. The, the fact that he got away with the first four or five, I'm thinking, there's no ice left to tread on. The guy's just standing on water, but was, again was, and again and again. There's, a, there's been a few players like that away. down the years. You know, we we Gabriel Einstein seem to get away with a lot. David yeah. Louise got away with a lot. Um, some players just get away with everything. And it, yeah. If, if it's a particularly if, Italian trait, though, with defenders. I don't know why. Oh, it is. But it just—it helps him that he's got that proper little sort of boy band face to him that just looks innocent, whatever he's doing, even if it is proper snide, dark art stuff. He just looks like a little cherub while he's doing it. So I'm well, already looking forward to it, Anfield. Yeah. Oh, good grief! <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be fun. Um, yeah. Elsewhere in the game, you know, Wayne Rooney was replaced. We can go into more detail on Rooney shortly. For um, Mario and Fellaini, the walking microphone, who got the winner laid on. Fellaini's place in the squad, then, is is he going to feature as often as he featured last season? Is he going to have a steady spot in the bench and be brought on ahead of the likes of Andy Herrera, who you'd have to argue is superior? I think that, um, the, the way that he came on against Club Bruges. And that's going to be typical of what he's going to sort of do during the season. Um, can't see him starting too many games. I think he'll probably start League Cup games. He might 
play a Champions League game here and there from the start. If um, I don't know, normally there's sort of like a, a dud team in the group. Um, maybe he'll probably start against them. But I think um, other than that, hopefully he'll be used the way that he was the other day. I mean, like I, I went to the match and I said to um, I said to my mate who was there with me um, that I really wanted Fellaini to come on because I, I just felt that. Um, we were creating, but we, we needed, you know, like Rooney was abject again, and I just didn't feel like a goal was going to be coming from Rooney. So I was really glad when Fellaini came on because um, I, I just thought, like, if we just get that one chance sort of in the box, um, then Fellaini will probably be able to outmuscle his way into into position and, and get the goal, and that's what he did, luckily. Mike, would you agree that Hernandez looked more yeah. sharper than Rooney? I, yes, he did. I think Fellaini was a more effective centre forward than Rooney when he came on against Bruges. Um, um, he, he did. He looked sharp. He, he tried to make the runs and work the channels and stuff, and, and at least occupy the defenders. Um, he's not great. Van Hal knows that. I, I still think, you know, um, Van Hal wants a striker. Um, I don't know that for sure, but I, I just get that feeling. Um, but. For, you know, he he created. He just occupied them. He kept them occupied. And it, it allowed other players to drift into play and, and, and cause problems. And then, as Dad said, but for Lady came on, he, he just gave a bit of a lift to things again. You know, when we we yeah. needed to make things happen, when we were trying to make things happen, we had someone getting in at the end of it. It was a great header, as you would expect. He still won't be a United player next summer. But you know, listen, yeah. I can't fault him for his attitude. His attitude is absolutely superb, and I still think yeah. we'll recoup a lot of money on him. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know to take in the Bruges game, Johnny? Um, yeah, it, it's just it was certainly an odd one because, like I said, there were a lot of pluses to it. But you sort of look at Rooney, who keeps coming back as a negative to just about everything, unfortunately. But aside from that, yeah, cracking game and just a nice little return, as you say, to close to vintage stuff and. Uh, really getting at it rather than just sitting back and hoping for the odd chance that might come along and that will convert it. Probably the topic everyone's waiting to discuss is Rooney. Um, Dan, reading the column from um, Andy Cole last night, he spoke about Rooney's perhaps being picked on. Um, and when, I go, when, I, when a striker's not scoring goals, people look to, at all these different assumptions and is that the reason why? Is that the reason why? But he, ha- he has got a first touch like an elephant. There's no one that can deny that. <laughs> Um, are we picking on him, Dan? Um, no. Uh, I think that when, you know, I, I don't want to sound like one of the um, give, you know, footballers wages to soldiers type people, but yeah. <laughs> if you're on, you know, basically a million pound a month, then you really do need to be doing more than he is actually doing. Um, yeah. I personally think that probably starting on on Saturday, he'll have a purple patch where he'll just score about 12 goals for 10 games. But the problem is, he won't score like he won't score for the rest of the season or for the rest of the year until, yeah. until January then, because this is what he does. He has runs where he doesn't score for five or six games, and then he might get lucky with a goal or a penalty, and then he'll go on a run where he'll score you know, a goal a game at least. Charlton Cole's a free agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're all right. <laughs> but in fairness to Rooney, his touch is poor. But there, there was a moment in Bruges when he set up the pie in Memphis, and 
his first touch to to back heel that ball in the way he did was a superb skill. And we know he's capable of doing that. But I remember watching one of the games in pre-season tour and Lou McCarry commented about Rooney's first touch that was poor or something. And I was saying, yeah, that, that's acceptable in, in pre-season. But that's yeah. going to still happen in December and January and February. Yes. And, as, and I know you're bringing his wage into it, Dan, but this is, this is Wayne Rooney. This is someone that's world-renowned, um, our captain, one of our leaders. He should be he should, he should be able to have a first touch. He, it's, it's like a Sunday league footballer at times. Oh, he is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tweeted the other day that um, he's the definition of a form player. It's like he he just he has these runs where he does really well, and it's like he's a world beater for about six or seven games, and then yeah. he'll just go completely off the boil. And we know he's capable of all these things, but it's like he just he just doesn't have. Um, it, it, I, I don't quite know what it is. It's, but, called, it's called nanny syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Lack of consistency. He doesn't have the consistency at all, no. It's why he's not a world-class player. Why he's never has been. Because yeah. he, well, yeah, he yeah. he's not consistent. You know, like Lionel Messi does it every week. He's doing it every yeah. week for years. Not even Messi. Let's just go chop down to the team where Rooney should be. Guys like Thomas Muller, people like that. Yeah. Ian Robin. Do it every week. You mentioned yeah. Muller. Should we break the bank for him? I would. Yeah. If it was possible. Yeah, I absolutely would. He is. I mean, I'd, I'd break eight and nine banks for him because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if he does come in, Johnny, yeah. does Rooney drop to the bench? Because I, I can't see Rooney go back into midfield. He doesn't deserve to be back in midfield because we've better players there at the moment. If, if Muller comes in, Muller's better. Does Wayne Rooney sit in the bench and earn serious money as he, as he is doing? Um, to be honest, I would rather him earn serious money doing nothing than earn serious money. Doing the utter shite that he's doing at the minute. Doing nothing on the bench. He'd rather do nothing on the bench than exactly, nothing on the bench. He's taking up a place the, in the team, basically. Exactly. He's like, days gone by when we used to come at teams in waves and waves and waves. You could afford the odd misplaced pass because you knew that it'd only be a matter of time before we were back at him again. Mm. Because we're now building up a lot more cautiously than we did. You look at Villa, the amount of times that we had it, sort of 40, 50 yard out, Mata, Yanazai, Memphis starting to bomb forward, there's Rooney looking to pass it. He's aiming at players that nobody else can see. And before you know it, you've lost the ball again and you're back to defending. And it's just, at the minute, it's more damaging to have him trying to play like he's in form when he's clearly not than just to say, no, do you know what, when we've got somebody else in now, lads, so... Oh, what's, 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 what's the game with that Van Hal's playing? Why has he made him undroppable? I don't, I don't understand because I think, I think he's trying. I think he, what he's trying to do is probably play him into form. But yeah, I mean, Sir Alex Moyes and Van Hal have all been doing that for the last five years. England managers have been doing it as well. Yeah. Well, that's like you know the, the one thing I, I did pass a comment last night about it. And there is United fans out there that it's like Rooney off. Either way, and so it's like serious a number of members of the squad off, but they won't hope that he'll turn around and improve. Whereas, you know, I know he's been poor. I'll say he's been poor, but I, I do hope he proves me wrong, because I I do believe I need to go out and buy a striker and replace him. But if he turns around next week or the months after and makes me look fucking silly and bangs in a fortune of goals, would yeah. that I'd love I'd love to look stupid. 
I, I, I would love nothing more than to wear the idiot hat and say, yeah, I'm among those who slagged him off as being past it when he scored 25 by Christmas. But He'll score a couple on Saturday, I think. Oh, he, he will. The, this this genuinely is one of those games where he'll come off the pitch looking like 10 men. He, he will have come off. Newcastle's just one of those teams for him that yeah. he comes alive for. Villa was, though, as well. Next yeah, week on the so. podcast, we're going to be all wanking into a socket to sell in the room. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> Except Mike, who... Are you one of the ones that hope he never does well? Well, I want him, because you want it to... You want you don't want to see your old players struggling so badly. I just wonder whether we're Rooney, and this is a stat that flashed up. Over 650 senior games he's played in his career. You just yeah. wonder, even though he's not an old player... He, he looks like an old player. I don't mean how he yeah. physically looks. I mean how he carries himself. I just wonder whether he's a little shop-worn. And, and there seems to be, in the last two or three years or so, Rooney's been picked by managers on the basis of the idea of Wayne Rooney and yeah. what we think he is and what he was. And this was something we discussed last week. And in the end, Ferguson just got sick and tired of it because he probably just thought, oh, you know what, I'm leaving at the end of the season anyway. I don't have to bother with yeah. this anymore. Um, whereas, obviously... Um, I mean, England have to pick him because, well, who else has he got? But as far as we're concerned, there seems to be that idea of Wayne Rooney. And maybe, I think, was behind part of the reason why we didn't sell him to Chelsea. Um, because we were concerned with the idea of him going somewhere else. And suddenly the old Wayne Rooney were emerging. But he just looks shop-worn to me. It's a little bit like Steven Gerrard's last couple of years in England. You know, there was the idea of Steven Gerrard. But he was never at that level because he just it's played very too long. It's very rare that you'll get a footballer who came through at what uh, sixteen and can continue into their thirties. Yeah. And not Ro- Rooney's, just not, Rooney's just not the body type to be able to, um, uh, you know, maintain uh, the quality that he's had. Because someone like Ronaldo, I can genuinely see Cristiano Ronaldo playing until he's thirty-five, thirty-six. But yeah. Rooney's Rooney's closer to the other Ronaldo. In a, you know, he's just, yeah. he'll get to 30 odd and he'll just, it'll just be useless. Well, there is that, there is yeah. looking after your body as well. You know, Ronaldo, Ronaldo is an absolute model profession. I don't want to get on this whole thing that really yeah. is fat and stuff because, you know, last season, I thought when the season started, I never saw him look in such good shape. And so this season as well. And this season, he looks in good shape too. He, whatever it is, he's obviously yeah. training very well. Maybe that's the reason Van Hal is starting them. Rooney, though, you, you you wouldn't call him the model professional. You could call Ronaldo the model professional, but Rooney, you know, I, I think since since David Moyes or even since Ferguson left, he has looked in much better nick in terms of his physique. Yeah, you know, I think and, just it might it might take a lot more for him to be able to be fit. You know, sort of Ronaldo's natural fitness might be. He might be better or... Um, is that thing, sorry, Dan, is that Rooney sort of exploded onto the scene at such a young age, whereas Ronaldo, obviously, kind of, it was a steady rise. He didn't really start hitting yeah. his straps at United until yeah. he was about 21, 22. That was when he started hitting his straps at United. Yeah. Um, so he, he'd he been in and out. Even Messi at Barcelona, you know, he was sort of rotated in and out of the team until he was about 20. Um, he he didn't play every week all the time. He was never he wasn't guaranteed a spot. Or you know, oh let's let's just get Messi in there. You know he's brilliant. They rotated him in and out. And even Luis Enrique actually last season he he rotated his squad heavily in the first half of the year, which is why Barca and Messi peaked so absolutely brilliantly at the end of the season because he he switched things around and he looked after the players. 
and yeah. Rooney's probably he's probably it's it's a problem with a lot of very very gifted English players when they come onto the scene they don't get looked after they need to be taken in and out of the team that is something that I would actually commend Wenger for to an extent I think he's trying to do that with Oxlade Chamberlain at the moment yeah. should have sort of look after him because he's a brilliant player but he doesn't want him playing too many games uh, Callum Chambers is a very very talented player doesn't want him playing too many games he, he looks after Ashley Cole quite well too uh, but a lot of managers don't do that with English players. They just right, we'll just flog them for everything they've got, and then squares them out. That's what happened to Sterling last year as well. Sterling yeah. had a bad year at Liverpool, and it was because like Liverpool had just Rodgers had just put him at the forefront of the team because he was so good um, at the back end of that season when they nearly won the title. That um, you know, and then obviously Sturridge got injured and Suarez um, left, so they sort of just just kept using Sterling over and over again and he just burnt out and that can happen. We have yeah. one question on Rooney from someone on Twitter named Matt Dales at MattDales87. Um, Mike, what is Wayne Rooney's current market value? 20 million? <sighs> Tops, yeah. It probably was when Chelsea were interested. I think that was Chelsea's offer, wasn't it? 20 million. We'd still rather said, no, I'd say that's about right if you, if you consider how many miles he's got on the clock. Um, his performances in the last two to three years which haven't been great haven't been at the level you would you know it's give, his give, name gets him someone money. breaking records it's going to become well yeah. sure he's going to become United's top goal scorer that's a frightening fee for someone that has yet to hit 30 yeah. no it's 20 million in, the, in day, today's market is, is pittance and I'm not saying he's, he's worth more but the fact is this really a massive downfall like, we're talking about Wayne Rooney here being worth twenty million. It's a steady decline. I think more than a massive sort of straight off downfall. I, I think that is the nail on the head. To be fair, it's just when Ronaldo was sold, it was supposed to be his fanfare. This was the point at which Rooney then became the main man, rather than everybody's bridesmaid. And you look at the season since, and he's never really grabbed it. He's had like decent spells, like we said here and there. He'll score seven in six, but then he'll not score for four games, and then he'll get mm. three in two. And mm. he's never been a driving force that carries consistently through a season that makes you think if we need to win a game, here's the guy who's going to win it. And I noticed the seasons that he um he was. I mean, since Ronaldo's left, he's had what six seasons, and yeah. I think that the first season without him, he was actually really good when he was linking up with Valencia. Yes. And then yeah. um, a couple of seasons after that as well, but you know the Hernandez season sandwiched yeah. between, and then you've got Rooney again when we lost the title on the last day. Rooney was brilliant that season as well, but again yeah. it was another one where we missed out on the title, and it was like it's almost like United Ro- Rooney playing well was good for Rooney, but not for United if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes sense because like you say, every season that was a personal success for him. We're a failure for us as a club. I don't yeah. get why or how that is, but that is just. I'm I'm, I'm going to do something completely uncharacteristic and defend him on that one, and just say the quality around him wasn't great at that. At oh that yeah, yeah. Period of time, well, I think that let him down massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of valuations, moving on to the next topic. Chelsea have signed Pedro for what looks to be a 21 million um, fee. United dicked around over the valuation; wouldn't pay the buyout clause. Johnny, get a start on this one. Um, where to start? Did you want Pedro United? 
Um, watching the whole that last game of the season, I wasn't sat there thinking this is a side that's a Pedro away for challenging for the title. But the more that he got mentioned and the more I looked at what he can do and what we're crying out for, it was like, yeah, that doesn't actually sound like a bad idea. But it had to grow on me over the weeks that we pissed about doing nothing. It weren't something that as soon as I heard his name, I thought, that's the one. So it's kind of a mixed feelings. I'm... Having spent that long getting used to the idea of him coming, I got genuinely excited at what he can do, and if he did it to Barcelona standards at United, he would improve us. But, obviously, you got to move on, because however it fell apart, whether it be that we messed it about, he fancied London over Manchester, he's not with us now. I think it was more so, like, if, if Pedro had his way... Pedro wouldn't believe in Barcelona and yeah. he's not afraid to even sell himself. I think yeah. what he was looking at in a new club was a club that wanted him. A club that wanted yes. him and that he'd be starting that. And if you're looking at United for weeks and weeks that showed interest in his player and wouldn't yeah. offer uh, a good buyout clause, a good price, a, a reasonable yeah. price, I don't think that would fill a player with confidence that, yeah, they want me. But then you sure. see... Uh, Chelsea initially showed interest in Pedro on Monday when Ed Woodward was in Barcelona and having a meeting with Barcelona um, as he left the meeting he was then informed as he met his final offer that another English club had met a, an offer which he didn't believe he thought the Spanish club were, were bluffing they got the deal done in three days now that yeah. tells Pedro Chelsea were interested in you and what it tells him about United was they were dicking around and trying to be overly clever about getting the yeah. best fee possible. Now, 21 million, to stick your nose up at that fee for a player that's standard, is yes. a fucking joke. Don't worry, it'll, it'll all go completely wrong because Mourinho falls out with Spanish players as much as Van Gaal does, so I won't worry about it. <laughs> Dan, was, was Pedro the missing part of the jigsaw, or even if he did come in, would we still need to, to buy a marquee striker? Um, I, th- I think I felt the same as uh, Johnny really about it. It was like um, I, when I first heard about it, I thought, well, that's not the kind of caliber of player that I think we need. I think we need a genuine, you know, like I mentioned earlier about the different tiers. I wanted a genuinely second tier quality player, a Muller, a Lewandowski, uh, a Robin, or something like that. And coincidentally, all play at the same club. Um, <laughs> we don't even have one of them. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I wanted one of those players, but when it came to Pedro, and when once, you know, I, I, I've always quite liked Pedro. I, you know, he seems, to, he seems to score goals in important games and stuff, and yes. he did it again last week. And um, it's it's like I really like the idea of having him eventually, and then obviously for it to just be uh, like have the rug taken from underneath me, it was just kind of yeah, it, it is really annoying, and that we just around the way that we did as well um, it has really annoyed me if we, if we go out and buy someone like Muller then you know you won't hear me complaining about not getting Pedro but yeah. if we end up not buying anyone else or buying uh, Saido Mane who I like but you know to, to, to turn your nose up a Pedro for Mane is a bit odd really Mike um, take it away on Mane yeah go on well, I had a chat with Sam Amtifan, um, guy called um, 
Arthur Fane at Arthur Fane on Twitter. I said I'd plug him um, as well. Uh, I had a bit of a chat with him about him because he, he'd been regularly seen him a lot. Uh, obviously, more than we have. We'll probably see snatches of him on highlights and stuff. And I asked him, I said, Well, how good is this guy? Because I always looked, when I looked at this answer, he took Schneidly out of the team. Obviously, he's here now. I thought, well, I looked at that team. I thought, well, their best player would have been someone like maybe like uh, Wanyama or Ward Prowse or Tadic. And he said, No, no, Mane is the best player that they have. He said he's got pace to burn. He said he's the quickest player he's ever seen. That was his exact words to me. Um, he's um, He has his off days. He can be a little inconsistent, as you would expect with a player. Uh, he's still quite young, coming from a massively inferior league where he came from in Austria to come to the Premier League. Um, but on his day, he's absolutely lethal in front of goal. You saw that with a hat-trick he got against Villa last season. Yeah. A bad player doesn't score a hat-trick in three minutes in the Premier League. No. It just does not happen. Um, not and the other thing as well, he, he thinks, uh, because he's younger than Pedro, he thinks he could develop into a better player at the right club. He's certainly got a lot of potential when you look at him. Uh, when it came to Pedro, you know, listen, I wouldn't have said no. But I mean, I did say on the on the post match review um, show on Strictly News TV um, on Tuesday that uh, he wasn't what we needed at all. Mane's not exactly what we need either, but I think he offers a bit more of what we need in terms of blistering pace um, and someone who can play. He plays out wide, or he can play off the striker, and he's very very effective at both. Um, he'd be often more of an upside in terms of his age, but really, yeah, we need a, cent- a proper centre forward. And I don't yeah. mean somebody who has to score thirty goals a season, but someone like a, if it's someone like a Hughes or a Drogba or a Costa kind of yeah. centre forward, actually would be a perfect fit for what we need. Lewandowski's not far off that sort of mould of a striker. He'll get yeah. fifteen to twenty, but what he works and creates for, for other players coming off him and around him. Uh, and it has a wonderful first touch as well. I, I'd love to have one of those players. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd say, get in a time machine, go to 2002, just get Ruud van Nistelrooy, bring him here. Oh, that, that's the dream. <laughs> and what, while you're on that time machine, bring back Yapslam. And Edwin van der Zaar. And yeah. uh, young Real Ferdinand as well. Yeah. Bring back everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just march over fucking everyone yeah. and win the league again, over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, more questions before we go into the, the new 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 cap. Um, Johnny, Doctor James, you two has asked, um, can Woodward play centre back? <laughs> can who? Sorry, Woodward. Um. <laughs> now that's an interesting thought. He reads um, the game very well. Yeah, he does. He, he does absolutely. And um, his main work in terms of you medical, you medical, you medical is outstanding. But I just don't know how he'd um, stand up to actual physical labour. I mean, to be fair, if he's marking somebody at a corner, he's probably trying to sign them up to some sort of corporate partnership. <laughs> Would you like to be the official wheelbarrow partner of Manchester yeah. United? I think that's that's the only thing that gets me is you look at the guy and it's like you've got to respect the fact that I'm pretty sure that by now we've got an official club urinal cake partner. We, if an object exists in the world, we have got an official partnership with it. But it's like, you know what, Ed, that's all well and good, but if you can't sign the players that actually 
keepers in the running to actually be top in May, these deals aren't going to keep coming forever. So to be fair, he's signed Schweinsteiger for less than seven billion. So I'm not. That's yeah, a million good business. That yeah. That that's the massive frustration of him is that when he gets it right. He gets it spectacularly right. He's still very but naive, he, though. To yeah, you know, to, is he the is he the nanny of club CEOs? Is that what we're saying here? Spot on. Frustrating and inconsistent. Yeah, um, I like that. That that pretty much sums him up for me. So I suppose a question for myself is: There's people talking that we need a, a wide player, say Manny, and people say we need a centre forward. People say we need a centre half. A question for each of you. You've one signing to make for the chance to win the wins. Dan, get the ball rolling. Bale. Dale? Me? No, Gareth Bale. Oh, Gareth Bale. <laughs> <laughs> you got my hopes up. Bale O'Donnell, that's it. <laughs> Johnny? But actually, I'm, I'm right back, so I don't think I'm going to be taking Darmain's position anytime soon. Um... Again, it's a sort of mild Pedro condition. Now that I've actually looked up on Marnie, I actually do like the idea of the lad. There's something that he'd offer that we don't have at the minute, and I think, yeah, let's give him a bash. Marnie, Bale, um, I know which one I'd prefer. Mike? Yeah. Uh, Muller. Muller. Yeah, I think I'd, be, I'd go for Muller too. What are your thoughts on, on Bale, Mike? He's He's, <laughs> listen, I'm not... Denying the guy's quality, but why do why are you United fans so obsessive signing a guy who keeps turning us down? It's like it's like when you see that it's like you see that girl that you really fancy. You think, oh god, she's amazing. And you keep asking around, and she keeps saying, no, you make me sick. Will you know, please I, go I away? I don't, I don't know what that I don't know what that feels like. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> You're talking about it. It's usually yes. <laughs> that's that's what it's like, United fans. Yeah. We're obsessing over this guy. He's not. He he doesn't want to come to United. Why, why do we want to sign somebody to turn us down for Spurs? Yeah. What sort of an idiot does that? Well, that's it. He, he's turned us down at both stages. He turned us down as the club that he was going to launch himself at, and then once he'd launched himself to a level and we're going to kick on and win stuff, he turned us down again at that. It's like we're going to end up signing him when he's thirty-four and got none of this. Magic left. But weren't Spurs going to sell him can. after like a year or so when he what really wasn't kind of working out? Yeah. You know. Yeah, they, Harry Redknapp struck up, just happened by chance to play him in the left wing one game, didn't he? Yeah. Hmm. No, it's an interesting one. So, Dan, I, mean, I just wish there. I had the imagination of you guys to actually come up with your bales, your mullers, your rest of it. Clearly, married lives just destroyed the hope in me on that front. <laughs> Manny. So we can jump into the Newcastle game. Um Johnny, do you like Newcastle? Um as a place it's not bad. Um as long as you're only there sort of short term. But I, I like it as a fixture because it's one of those Moyes fiasco aside that we usually do quite well in. Hmm. So yeah, I'm uh, optimistic for this one. Mike, have you got your um, request accepted for Jordy Shaw yet? Uh, no, they keep turning me down. I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing enough fake tan. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, thoughts on Mike Ashley? Um, in what sense? Is he a nice man? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
You've run out of questions <laughs> to ask it, Dale. You're just making this up as you go along. Yeah, well, I'm having fun. Script down, didn't you? <laughs> no, as, as a football owner, you know, there's a lot, a lot of controversies around the Mike Ashley. We haven't got the best of owners either, but this guy just seems to be a, a clown. I'd, I'd be furious if I was a Newcastle fan. Um, he's really incompetent. I follow quite a lot of Newcastle fans on um, on Twitter, and I, I don't really think about it, but um, I've actually started to like them a little bit because I like the way that the Newcastle fans are just so... They really don't care. If if, if yeah. they don't like something, they'll get together and they'll they're, make they're not sure. glory hunters, are they, to be fair? No, no, no. They're just no, like, look, no, I, 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 think that just, I just want to be entertained. Yeah, I, I think that they'd be happy with that. I think that, you know, the fact that they were happiest when Keegan was there, they didn't win anything, but they were ridiculously entertaining, and that's what um, yeah. that's what they want. They just want to be entertained. I mean, they weren't even happy with um, the season that Pardew got them into, into fifth. Or oh, I think it was fifth or sixth. He did and, a brilliant um, job, I thought. Oh, magnificent job at that club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they just um, they, they 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 didn't seem that happy with it, that ecstatic. I think they were happiest when they were in the championship, which yeah. I thought, like you know, might have been the best thing to happen if I they went down last season. Who, who are their biggest threats? Does you got that new boy midfield from PSV? Not even going to try pronounce his name. Wine Aldum. Wine yeah, there you go. Uh Papis Cisse, um that Dutch fullback, one mad is suspended. He's, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the two boys in midfield and, and up front, they're the kind of only kind of threats I can see. Um have we much to, to be feared of going into this game? I fear that Mitrovic might injure one of our players from what I've seen him yeah. on so far. He's an absolute lunatic. Apparently really genuinely brilliant on his day, but he's a nutter. I think he got booked about two seconds into his debut. And then he got booked yeah. against Swansea and like he got sent off there as well. It was incredible. I've got a feeling that uh, that lad that they just signed from Marseille and uh, deal with uh, with Cabea. I've got a feeling that he's gonna be like um I don't know, I've just got this Lauren Robert sort of uh, feeling vibe from him. Who's that? Like, I remember that him six... scoring quite a few goals. Soko or something, so is that? I'm scared he's going to do that again. That's a Soko. Sorry? Haven't they got someone in the field called Soko? Is that who you're talking about? No, I think his name is uh... it's Florian. Yeah, Florian. Oh, yeah. Tovan or something like that. Yeah. There you go. Go ahead, Johnny. I don't, I, don't know whether, I don't know whether he's okay to play tomorrow. Yeah, no, I think it is literally just in that last day or two that he's turned up and they've got rid of one of the French signings that didn't work in exchange for him, so... Like, I'm not too sure what to expect. Oh, the guy very... You know, this season, Newcastle are always a bit unpredictable. They're either in a yeah. relegation fight, they're either, as you mentioned, fifth place and around the top half of the table, or they're right at the bottom. You just don't know what to expect from them. Uh, no. I'm Steve McLaren, they haven't got off to the best of starts either. No, that's what. Yeah, that, that Swansea. That was a bad time to be playing Swansea. That yeah. <laughs> I, I we're playing them at the end of the month, and I don't fancy our chances against them. To be honest, no, yeah. not the way they're playing at the minute. That, no, that's the three they've got. That boy they got. Had a the, really tough start, I think. AU for Swansea looks like a great player. Montero yeah. as well, the mm. the winger, yeah. and, and yeah. Gomez through the middle. He's just slotted yeah. right in for Bonnie, hasn't he? Absolutely. So, predictions, lads, for the Newcastle game before we wrap it up. Dan? 3-1. Uh, Johnny? 3-1 again. Mike? 
four two. Uh, there'll be a lot of goals in this. Will Rooney score? I wouldn't be surprised if you can't score against Newcastle. He's not going to score against anyone, is he? <laughs> one one free kick, one penalty. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go for a two nil win. Um, I think we'll keep another clean sheet. That, that that goal that we conceded against Bruton, the own goal, really angered me because it was just such a lucky goal. You know, we were yeah. doing so well. Keep it would have been great to have three clean sheets on on the on the roll. Um, especially with a new goalkeeper between the sticks. Anyway, thanks for listening. I must get Dan. Give your stuff a plug, your Twitter and so on. Uh, find me on Twitter, Dan Stapleton eighty nine, and um, I occasionally will be live blogging for the Mancunia. Good stuff, Johnny. Yourself. Yeah, um, Johnny Brook one five one two. Um, currently doing stuff for yourself, Retro United, and Red Mancunian. And Mike. Uh, Mike underscore loudmouth. Uh, currently writing for yourself. Uh, speaker newspaper uh, to Houston as well. You write for a, a film website too. And we asked you last week to have one film a week for us. So what's your film of this week? Um, if you can find it in the cinema, it's very hard to find in any of the sort of the multiplexes. But uh, I saw a comedy film called Mistress America. It's like an independent film. Genuinely very, very good. Um, I'd go and see it. Good stuff. Um, thanks for listening this week. You can find this podcast on Audio Boom or on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe. Um, give us a review, a five star rating too, and we'll see you again next week. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> Still Giggs goes, he's through, he's scored! Ryan Giggs, he's at the goal that's played for Manchester United! To the left, right footed, it's a clear header, and it's in the left! Solskjaer has won the European Cup for Manchester United! Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.